0: everyone. My name's Elizabeth Pierce. And I'm
1: Abigail Gullo.
0: And we are here with you to drink and learn. We're
1: coming to you live from the studio room in the old number 77 hotel. This is a Cool little room that is made for artists to come and do some work while they're in New Orleans. And uh, you know, we're artists in a way. I am. Uh, I am a bartender artist. I am an artist of the heart, of the soul, and the artist of alcohol. I love to put booze together in a glass, make it beautiful, and make people happy. So that's my artistry. Elizabeth, what's your artistry?
0: My artistry is I am a really fantastic storyteller, and I put together anecdotes, facts. Facts sometimes disturb people these days, but sometimes facts are really interesting. And I try to uh, stitch them together in a way that reveals... The culture of a place, and given the fact that I own a company called Drink and Learn, most of those stories and facts have to do with alcohol. And so, uh, my art is the is the crazy quilt of booze history. That sounds lovely. Yeah, everyone's a fan. Every <laughs> everyone is a fan of both of our art. Everyone arts. loves quilting, <laughs> especially <laughs> when you can drink it. Yes. <laughs> so we are here. Together, together again for the first time to tease you uh, with the as a preview, I guess, of a podcast that will be launching eminently. All we have to do is record them after this intro, and it's the Drink and Learn podcast. Uh, theoretically, hopefully, those of you listening will do both of those verbs, um, possibly even at the same time. This podcast has been created because both Abigail and I encounter a lot of people in our work, grown people who don't know how to drink and, and want to drink better. Some
1: of them... I know they want to drink better. They're in my bar. If you're in my bar, you clearly want to drink better, but they still don't know how to drink better Or how to behave in said bar where you could possibly drink better.
0: Yeah. The ones who don't want to know how to drink better uh, stay on Bourbon Street with their hand grenades. And that's fine. And that's okay. Because there is a drink for everyone. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, But not if it's every day. Well, actually, there shouldn't be nothing every day (laughs) except maybe whiskey. Each of our uh, episodes is going to hopefully uh, elucidate you on a, a new drink, a little bit of history, a little bit of spirit story, um, help you gain confidence to walk into a bar and either order that thing that you've always heard about, but you were unsure about whether to plunk that $12 down and order, or maybe make it for yourself. Abigail is a supremely talented, they say mixologist, I, I like bartender. What do I you like? I bartender. like bartender. Yeah.
1: Bartender's suits a lot of needs. I mean, I, I definitely have an interest in spirits and creating beautiful cocktails, but my personality and my, my ability to mind read and listen to people at the bar and give them something that they didn't even know how to ask for is like a special bartender talent. You know, they said bartenders are part priest and part, part confessor, part psychiatrist, part, uh, chemist. And I think I I think I am working on all three. St. Francis of Assisi said, uh, a laborer works with his hands, an artist works with his hands and his heart, and a craftsman works with his hands, his heart, and his soul. So I aspire to be a craftsman in the art of bartending, but I don't feel like my soul is there yet. I still have things to learn.
0: Oh, well, that's very humble and a beautiful aspiration. I was also going to say that sometimes I think a bartender is also part judge mm-hmm. um, and occasionally uh, security yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or cop. But what, so what I was saying is that Abigail's really, really talented, and in addition to learning about these drinks or spirits, she, she will also be giving you some tips if you want to make them yourself. So for those of you that might be a little reluctant to spend money in a bar and you want to make the drink yourself, then Abigail will be able to smooth that road, pave that road, or at least sweep the gravel out of the way. So if you fall down, you don't skin your knees.
1: Don't skin your (laughs) knees. And Elizabeth is such a fine and wonderful historian, really keen on finding astute facts and presenting them in such a lovely way that I think you'll be so excited from her information to spread the stories. And I think that's what's kind of cool about your storytelling is that you encourage people to go tell other people the stories. And and that's how knowledge spreads. And spreading knowledge is a wonderful thing. Yes. It's
0: the gospel of alcohol. And I am an evangelical in that regard. Clearly, it's the Mutual Admiration Society here in the old number 77 artist studio. <laughs> and uh, so, but it does make it easier to do a podcast with somebody whose work you you admire. So I could hear, Abigail, why don't you... Um... So that is the sound. Ooh. That is the sound of Abigail replenishing her glass. And we decided that even though we didn't have a, a proper lesson and drink mixing uh, tale for today, because it's just the get ready for it because it's coming, we would talk about what we were drinking today. Oh, and just so you know, we will be drinking uh, during every podcast uh-huh. because um, it makes the world go round and. know why else are we drinking in every podcast
1: also it'd be interesting for you to listen to the end and see how we're handling our liquor and see how our tongues loosen or perhaps thicken depending on Mm -hmm. what we're drinking
0: can they be loose and thick at the same time i think that is very
1: possible (laughs) i feel like i've been i'm (laughs) I'm feeling that way today yeah i'm feeling it doesn't matter what i drink today that's gonna happen
0: uh we are recording this in december and I picked a drink that is very seasonal, and I am having a a, a riff on eggnog made here at the hotel's stupendous restaurant, Compere Le Pen, whose bar Abigail oversees. And this eggnog is amazing for lots of reasons. Number one, it's eggnog. And number two, it's frozen. And number three, it is Puerto Rican eggnog, which means it has rum in it. And what else makes it Puerto Rican?
1: Uh, Coconut. Mm. Coconut milk, um, Coco Lopez, and coconut rum.
0: Um, I can't recommend this enough. And the reason that I picked it is because I am a big fan of seasonal holiday food and drink. That is because we live in a world where you can get strawberries in the dead of winter. You can get citrus, which is a winter fruit in the middle of the summer. You can get anything from anywhere whenever you want it. Uh, certainly when it comes to agriculture, we have lost all sense of seasonality. I mean, theoretically, we know that we should, you know, get the tomatoes in the summer or whatever, but you can get tomatoes whenever you want. The idea of seasonal is something that has slipped away. And secondly, when it comes to holiday food and drink, more than any more than many other foods like you may have some dish that your grandma made or your papa or somebody but in general special uh, food and drink is often either connected to holiday or it's made every year during holiday and so it carries with it this like frisson of being special because it's rare and it's limited and you can only get it at certain times and when you can get it, I personally feel that you should have probably more of it even than you think you should. Like there is this sense of like, it's going to be gone soon so I need to make sure to have as much of this delicious uh, substance as I can uh, because I'm not going to get it for another year. Even though I'm not a big fan of um, super super sweet drinks as Abigail can attest um, I tend to like pretty boozy, spirit forward stuff but I'm a total sucker for eggnog and it makes me think of Christmas it doesn't hurt that my grandparents had a fantastic eggnog recipe which had rum, brandy and whiskey because why decide
1: Ooh, yeah. I just read about someone's family recipe that uses that too mostly because their, I think their grandmother misread the recipe where it said rum, rum brandy, or, or whiskey. <laughs> and they were like, oh, rum, brandy, and whiskey. I wonder
0: if that's what happened. I can't, I can't ask my grandmother that. But she also used to uh, whip cream and then fold that on top. So it would go in a punch bowl. And so you would have eggnog, like, with whipped cream on top because at that point it's just ridiculous, you know.
1: That sounds lovely. It, it is. sounds like it, Tom and Jerry, too. Yeah, Tom right. and Jerry batter kind of floats mm-hmm. on top like that. I so, wonder if she was trying to like again incorporate that tradition.
0: I don't uh, I don't think that that was Tom and Jerry doesn't seem to be very like a big southern thing or Not, it's, no cuz it's hot. Yeah, right. I'm having eggnog in honor of the season. Tis the season.
1: Tis the season. Coquito is Puerto Rican eggnog like you said and I grew up in a Dominican neighborhood so my time in New York I remember the bodegas would suddenly get filled around the holidays again that special time something special I knew was happening because suddenly there was flats of sweetened condensed milk coconut milk and uh and evaporated milk all stacked together in the bodegas and I asked a neighbor I said why why are there people making that many pumpkin pies And she looked at me like I was crazy and was like, no, it's for Coquito. And that's how I first discovered what Coquito was and then tried making my own. Made a couple batches and this is a version I have in the frozen machine, kind of making it uh, more approachable to the south, mm-hmm. and um,
0: it's very New Orleans to have. I mean, this is essentially a da- you know a, a frozen daguerre. daiquiri. Yeah,
1: and eggnog daiquiris are huge, right? Mm-hmm. People would really look forward to. Oh, the eggnog daiquiri is here mm-hmm. for the holidays. So, yeah. being that we're in a Caribbean restaurant, it just seems very appropriate. And I put coconut in everything. I mean, coconut makes a lot of stuff just better. Yes. You know, I recently just had popcorn popped in coconut oil.
0: Mm. That
1: was delicious. I bet. Yum. I am drinking um, sherry. Uh, if you uh, know me, you know I love sherry. I'm a sherry broad, and I'm trying to make New Orleans a sherry broad city, for sure. Uh, I first discovered sherry when I was... First getting into the industry, probably about um, a little over 10 years ago, uh, there was this bar called Louis 649 in the East Village, and they would have weekly tastings, and they would have a brand would come in and sponsor it, Mm -hmm. and the brand ambassador would come and do a tasting, and it'd be free, and you'd get to taste through their product, um, usually a new or interesting, you know, different product. You sometimes brought home sample bottles. When we were first starting out in this industry and there was so many products that we were looking for and we couldn't get and new things we wanted to try and as people started importing them and realizing there's a thirst for this and there's an audience for this, the people who showed up to Louis 649, some of them became some of the best bartenders you know now who are running bar programs all over the country. I... Was just an uh, enthusiast. I think I had joined the USBG in New York, so which is
0: the US Bartenders Guild, the US Bartenders
1: Guild or New York chapter. And um, there was always opportunities like this. I also I had a blog called Rye Girl, and someone taught me how to you know let people know that you have like a blog. And then I started getting sent all these invites to liquor related activities. So I just started showing up and networking. And the one, I showed up to the sherry one. I didn't think I knew anything about sherry. I thought I, I think I thought it was sweet. And mm-hmm. the first thing they told us is, you think it's sweet. It's not. The majority of the wines that are made are from the Palomino grape, and they're some of the driest wines in the world. A fino a Manzanilla are so dry. And I'd never tasted anything like that before. And we taste. it was a Lestau tasting, and we tasted through their whole line, from Fino's, Manzanilla's to Amontillados, Palo Cortados, Olorosos, PX, and uh, even some Muscatel. So I got to taste everything in one night. And my mind, I just felt it opening up. I felt so excited. This is something I'd never tasted before. I'd never tasted anything like the nutty, oxidized deliciousness of sherry. I don't even think I still understood what it was. It took me years to discover that it was actually a wine. And it took me years further to understand the history that goes into it. 3,000 years of history of making this wine. I mean, it's older than Jesus, this process of making this wine. And I love that. I love being connected to some ancient secret. And I still feel like it's very secretive. I still feel like I don't know everything about cherry, And I feel like I have to go there. And I haven't been there yet. But I do like to travel and go to places where delicious stuff is made and And if I do that, I'll come back and I'll tell you all about it. But, or maybe you should come.
0: Maybe we should go and then we can make a podcast. (laughs) Um, Well, Abigail, I hope that um, we are able to bring the same level of delight and um, like surprise to our listeners for all of the things that we're going to talk about that you felt when you first learned about Sherry. Yes. Like, and and I also think that it's uh, worth pointing out that even those of us who work in the industry can still be surprised and delighted, uh, unexpectedly, by a new taste or a new product, and that it's it's really exciting, and it's we are as excited by the by the thing as you might be. By the thing that we already know, you know, or something. There's always something new out there. I think that that's a good theme for for this coming season to um, bring to the masses our enthusiasm and curiosity uh, about the the booze world, and the also the fact that we don't know everything. Not even a little bit, but what we do know we're happy to share.
1: Yes, I think that's a wonderful way to put it. And I do hope that everyone gets really super excited by what we're talking about and uh, and the conversation continues.
0: So um, please make sure that you subscribe to the Drink and Learn podcast at wherever you like to organize your, your podcast hub uh, you can find more information about it about me and abigail at drinkandlearn.com. and we look forward to sharing lots of drinks and stories and surprise and delight with you
1: thank you so much for listening thank you here's drinking with you kid cheers